Uh, my name is Donald Wise, and I'm glad to be with you this afternoon. And I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about how to have healthy partnerships. And just give you a little background on, on me while waiting for everybody to come in. I, I'm on staff at North Point Community Church in Alpharetta. And my main role is I work with partner churches and uh, how we start churches and how we do that. But that's not going to be the emphasis of our direction because I think partnerships in general uh, have a great connotation. And so we want to emphasize how, how do you have a healthy partnership with the nonprofits. And so that's what I'm going to be uh, emphasizing with. And so if you're a nonprofit, how you can have a healthy relationship with the church. If you're coming from a church, how you can have a healthy relationship with a nonprofit. And so we'll kind of be going through that arrangement for there. So I just want to start off with the premise. First of all, it, you know, the premise is, is that and when you have a partnership, that somebody is going to be the winner and somebody is going to be the loser. And I'm here to say that's not necessarily the way it needs to be. That I think when you partner with somebody, it needs to be a win-win all the way around. And uh, the way I like to view it is that uh, the thing at North Point that we try to accomplish when we're partnering with different organizations, we have a limited number that we partner with, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But we don't come in and put our name on something. Uh, we don't have North Point food closet, North Point this, that, and the other. Uh, we have chosen to find other nonprofit areas, other ministries in our area, and partner with them, come alongside them. Because most of them, they have a real passion and a real desire in an area. They have a specific reason why they're doing whatever ministry they're, they're doing. And so their desire is to really go all out into that. God has called us to be a church. But in context of being a church, we're called to do different missions and opportunities and help people in need and all the different things that we're called to do. And so instead of us having to own something, why not look around in our community and find someone who's already doing that, but they could use a little more wind in their sails. They could use a little more manpower to come alongside of them. They could use a little more resources to come alongside of them. They could use a little more money to come alongside of them. And so what we have looked at in our partnerships is that we're looking in our community to find a group of people that we can partner with. And we've narrowed down our focus into a couple areas and so that we can stay focused. Because if you don't have a focus, you can get random all over the place doing different kind of things. And the thing about narrowing it down, it helps us say no to some other really good things. And by that, the four areas are we're sickness. We're with poverty, we're with hunger, and we're in children at risk. Those are the four areas that all of our partnership areas come underneath. And so that lets us look at other areas that, you know, that might be really good ministries, but if they don't fall under that, we say, hey, well, we right now we're focusing on these four areas, not that we're discrediting what you're doing. We just want to be able to go deeper with some people instead of just giving this little veneer covering on everything. We want to be able to make an impact. You know, it's politically correct to say, if you can't do for everybody, you can't do the fairness doctrine kind of thing. Well, we've kind of said, well, why don't we just do for one or two or three or 20 what we wish we could do for 100, 200, 300, 400? Instead of eliminating that, let's go deeper with those that we can go deeper with. And I want to apologize, first of all, for my voice. I'm fighting allergies, and so if I call for sniffle or anything as we're recording this as well, I want to apologize ahead of time. Uh, so what we want to do is find out those things that God can make a difference. In 1990, a guy named Henry Blackaby started a thing, many of you have been around the church a while, called Experiencing God. 
And uh, it was just Henry talking about really how he had pastored as a church and some principles he put in place. And one of the principles in experiencing God was saying that, hey, why don't Christians, why don't you go find out where God's at work and go join him there? And so we thought, hey, wouldn't that be an interesting concept that if a church, if we were doing our ministry, that if we went and joined God where he was? You know, and can you imagine uh, what it'd be like if other churches would look around and say, hey, somebody has a burden for this in our area. Somebody has really developed a passion for it and go join them. You know, the, the thing that frees us up at that is that it doesn't mean we have to doctrinally agree with everybody if we're doing something on a social network side. There's one of our partners that's a uh, uh, northern part of our campuses. North Point has five campuses and one church. We're, as we continue to grow, it's just, it's just crazy. And, uh, and so we try to, in each of our five campus locations, have ministry areas right around those campus areas so that those people that, that go to that church can relate to the people in that church area. Well, the northernmost county church is Brownsbridge, up and coming, and for years, the Catholics up there had done a great job. It's called The Place. It's a thrift store, and it helps people with needs, with meeting power bills and food, stuff like that. And we thought, well, why should we go up there and partner with them? You know, I mean, as a Protestant, as a Christian church, you know, you think about partnering with the Catholics. Well, we're not going up there doing a Bible study or a doctor. We're going up there helping people in need. They already have a database up there. They already have inroads in there. They've already got influence in there. So they're one of our partners. That we come up there and partner with them. And some people kind of go, scratch your head a little bit. Hey, how can that be? Well, no, we're in agreement on this project here is that we want to help the people in need. And so we're going to partner with them along that line to help them go faster further. In our downtown area, uh, in the heart of Atlanta, there's Atlanta Union Mission. They have nine locations. It will start out. It started a long time ago. It's completely done on, on a Christian emphasis, but no church backing, so to speak, very non-denominational. And so because our, one of our campuses is in town down there, they partner with that location. One of the exciting campuses we do, our main campus, uh, is called North Fulton Charities. And uh, North Fulton Charities was started in 1975. And that's in the Alpharetta Roswell area. We're a suburb of, of uh, Alpharetta. I'm excuse me, of Atlanta, of the north side. And what we decided to do was that when we started in 1994 as a church, and if you remember, I just said 97, I mean 75, they started their ministry. North Point didn't start until 1994. We looked around and saw there was already a collection of churches and other people that had started North Fulton Charities. They had had some uh, opportunities to expand and grow in the area. Um, and they really were kind of at an impasse. They needed some help because they just couldn't go any further. And so uh, one of our single small group group of guys about four or five years ago had gone over there to help serve in an area, and we encourage our small groups to go in and do that as an activity, get involved in some of our uh, mission opportunities in the, in the area. And these guys, a couple of these guys were engineers and entrepreneurs, and they walked in and saw, you know, they were linear thinkers. They saw stuff was coming in this door right here, and it was kind of getting scattered all up. And there wasn't really organization about how the donations came in and how it got processed to where it went out. And they approached Barbara Duffy, the director, and said, if we can present a process to the board, can we come in and just over a couple weekends gut this place, come in and repaint it, set it all up, and kind of put a system in place? And so over the course of a couple of months, a process was developed to help them start infiltrating a system 
to where they could be more efficient in doing what they were doing. But it took a couple of young engineers that just saw it and said, hey, we're linear thinkers. We think process. This is one way we can help and get involved in doing that. So they came in, emptied the place out, painted it, cleaned it, put industrial shelving in, started making them more efficient in doing what they were doing. And so a partnership like that, if you're on a church, that gives you an opportunity to look around and say, hey, what can we do in our community to help this ministry go faster further? Um, most of my life, I've been in you know, Baptist churches, and I uh, grew up Baptist and all that. And I remember going to all the first Baptist churches on staff, and we had, a, we had a closet down the hall where we had a food closet, and, you know, you put a bag of groceries together. We had really good intentions. We had no idea who was coming, although we'd try to keep up with them, and so we would give them a bag of groceries or something like that. And then we had the food closet, I mean the clothes closet, which was, it looked like a yard sale leftover room. You know, you know it's like nobody sold their yard sales, so they bring it down to the church. And then you had the furniture stuff that, you know, you didn't sell at your yard sale. Let's take it down to the church. You know, the church will take it. And, uh, and I remember looking at all that stuff going, gosh, it's almost embarrassing to give this to anybody. It's just, you know, it's just kind of. And so, you know, at North Point, we looked around and thought, what do we do well and what do they do well? We don't do well in the social ministry side of things because that's not what, who we are. But we need to be involved in that. So let's go get involved with these people. So I want to encourage you to think about that if you're on a church staff to think about how you can help get involved with those projects. We call them intersect projects because we want to intersect what God's doing with our people. And it's kind of like, you know, you're watching God operate on the plane, and we, we want to do some things, and so we're saying, well, God, you're up here doing this, and we're down here doing this. And so we're saying, why not find a place where those things intersect? Your desires intersect with what God's plans and provisions are. And where those things intersect, let's get involved there. And so we created what we call intersect projects, and that's how we do our social ministry aspects. Their, uh, their initiative is designed to make serving in the community simple for our attendees. And, and if you're like a lot of us, people really have a heart's desire to be involved. You know, you've sat in church and you've been moved and you have all the best intentions of doing something. And we all mean well and we do well, and, and it always comes out when we send out our financial statements at the end of the year from the church. And I, I can even remember as a staff member looking at that thinking, gosh, I thought I gave more this year. You know, is that all I gave to the church? I thought I really gave more than that. And it's the same way with us being involved and helping other people. We all mean well. We think we're doing more. But sometimes if it's not easy to get involved, we just kind of put it off to the side. So as you're trying to help people get involved and partner with social ministries, what's an easy step you can do? And one of the things we found out from North Fulton Charities as we were collecting food for them, it didn't really help a whole lot if we just gathered all this food and dumped it in a box and took it over to them. What really helped them is when we were gathering the food, if we would sort it out, pre-sort it out. Because we were gathering tons of food. This year we're trying to gather 27 tons of food for the food banks in our community. And so when it comes in, we want to put the green beans over here, the corn over here, you know, the tuna fish over here, the macaroni and cheese over here. And we want to put it all in separate boxes so that when they get there, we can hand it to them and they can put it on the shelf. They don't have to go rummaging through all the boxes trying to sort it out. They don't need to do that. They need to be dispersing it. So what can we do even as we collect it? What can we do to help them better than that? And so that came to our attention. Hey, why don't as you collect it, sort it? And so that was, that's been a huge thing. It's a small thing, but on their end of it, it's very big. Um, because there's nothing worse than all of a sudden you get all this donation and it's a big pile. 
If you've ever been, if you're one of those nonprofits and you've been there, and somebody means well and they back up the box, the truck, and they start sticking boxes off, and there's nothing labeled. You have 15, 20 boxes and they're stacked up. You have no idea what's inside of them. And we've meant really well at the church to do that, but we have not really helped them out because their manpower is low, and they need to spend that dealing with people. So if you're on a church, think about how you can help do that in a way that will be profitable. It would be really encouraging. Um, our mission in North Point is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we use it in our ministries through serving in the community. Uh, we want to partner with nonprofits, and our hope is that our people participate in these projects, and it won't just become a service event, but it will become a lifestyle. We want people really small groups to look around and find opportunities where they can make a difference and it doesn't have to come from the church. You know, the ultimate goal is that it will change somebody's life and that people will look around and start saying things. We get reports a lot from different small groups, especially during the holidays and stuff, where they are doing something that nobody else told them to do. It went on the list of things we suggested. Somebody saw a need got involved. We also find out that small groups, when they see something in the community, they get involved. Somebody has a need in the church, they get involved. Uh, a church is large. A lot of times people end up having a need. And, uh, they go to the hospital, something has, needs to be met. Uh, they have something that happens in their home, a car needs to be repaired. We don't even hear about it until after it's already been done because we've empowered the people. Hey, don't call up the church and say, hey, somebody needs to come over and, and take care of so-and-so. Well, why aren't you the so-and-so to go take care of them? Why don't you get your small group or your, or your friends and y'all go take care of them? Trying to empower the people to develop a lifestyle of getting out and doing missions. Um, part of that is, is giving them the freedom to do things, but making it an easy step. You know, if you're like us, it's hard to plan things because your schedules are so hectic and you get caught up in it. And if somebody will make it easy for you, it'll go real well. Our, our food drive I mentioned earlier about North Fulton Charities in North Point. We make it really simple. You know, it's, it's not something new for anybody else. We have tents set up in our parking lot as people are walking into church. Uh, staff, small group leaders are out there, and they're handing their bags of groceries off to us right there. They never even take them into the building. And then we sort them outside, drive a truck around, pick them up. You know, why are we hauling all of it inside? Then we've got to haul it back outside. So we set up little curb stations and put it up outside with little, you know, like tailgate tents over it, you know. You support your favorite football team up at the tailgate tent out there, whatever you're going to do. And so uh, we do that because it creates an easy access point for people to think, I don't have to lug the kids in. I don't have to carry a couple bags in. We all want to be a part of it. Let's make it easy. And so we're trying to think of ways that will make it from keeping them from, uh, excuse me, keeping people from saying no by making easy steps for them. One of the things that uh, you want to look at in your partnerships is you want to have a conversation with people to develop a relationship. And what I mean by that is we have very few policies that we have in place because we would much rather sit down and have a conversation. And what I mean by that is that you can have all these stipulations in black and white, and you can hand it to somebody, well, if you want us to partner with you, here's the, here's the things right here. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to be. And we want to say, well, hey, can we go grab a cup of coffee and let's talk about it? You know, it, it's messy. It takes a little more time. But we've also found out that it's more lasting and endearing. 
when you find out and hear somebody's heart and passion. And then we also, as we're listening to them, we can say, hey, you know, we would really like to be a part of that. But right now, because of where we are, we have decided to be very focused in these couple of ministry areas and go deeper in these areas. And right now, we can't help you. I'd love to help you in some other way. Can I point you in a direction or somebody else can help you to facilitate? But it's too easy just to be flippant. Now, if you're on the nonprofit side, you know, you're hearing me say that, you're saying, yeah, but you don't, you don't know what it's like to walk in and somebody, you know, I, I need some help. And, you know, we just need a couple of warm bodies to show up to help out answering the phone. Or maybe we just need, you know, somebody to come help us paint a wall. Or maybe we need thousands of dollars. And, you know, this big old church has got thousands of dollars that y'all, you know, I understand that. But part of what helps a church in its partnership is being focused. You know, you have got to be able to say no to some things. And be okay about it. Because if you're not, you're going to have a scattering all around. And after a while, you're going to look around and you're going to say, what, what are we really impacting? What are we really doing that has real value and depth there? As opposed to kind of saying, hey, let us go deep right here. Let us make a difference right here. So I'd just be curious to see uh, how many of you are on a church staff and you're looking to partner with some nonprofits. Or you're already partnering with them. Okay, how many of you are nonprofits looking to partner with the church? How many of you are in here and don't know why you're in here? <laughs> how many of you are students and are glad you had to come for class? Okay, <laughs> all right, and All right, um, I would just be curious to hear some comments from you because my best thing I'll do is do a question and answer um, because it's hard when you have a group like this from all over to come in and go. Well, let me see if I can laser in on, on what you need. But what are some questions you might have that you I'd uh, like to talk about, about being a win-win, and maybe somebody else even here would have a better answer than I would have. Some experiences or questions that would help you out there. Yes, sir. Um, my experience here is um, my name's Joseph, Joseph Robert Serwata. Okay. That's a, the last one. Don't try it. <laughs> Uh, I'm from Uganda. I work with uh, an organization called the Agape Community Center Program. That's from in Uganda. I just came in here for a few engagement and doing awareness and to attend this conference. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the experiences that I, I found out in a partnership um, is like it's like kind of funny when last back home when you are applying for a job they will always ask you for an experience but the experience that's what I can compare with partnership like they they would ask uh, we want a bank manager five year experience so it's like I've been from I'm, I'm from school why do you have to give me an experience uh, ask me an experience. Mm-hmm. Where will I get experience unless I'm, right. I've given some work to do? And it's always the the thing. I mean, it's a, always a big priority. So uh, some of the things that I've found in partnership, first and foremost, because we are a Christian organization, our mainly focus is like we partner with Christian. Entities, Christian, mm-hmm. which uh, organization which carries Christian values. Uh, so, 
our target is mainly churches, non-profits, still, but in dealing with missions. So when you deal with, when you come across like a, a church, they will probably ask you, um, who knows you here in the United States? Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's a, a fact thing. And uh, probably another thing that I found out with uh, mostly the churches, big churches, they would probably, you have to be with a lot of patience. Very good answer. With a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are going to get something out in your partnership right. with them. Like, if I've come to Southeast, I've developed that spirit of patience. I know that they will take me to maybe assistant mission director, then assistant mission director will rearrange an appointment with the mission director, then a mission director probably will push me to a resident pastor that works with right. the missions, and then from there, then they will tell me, could you please call back next week? <laughs> then I'll call back next yeah. week. They will tell me, he has gone for a doctor appointment, then that needs another right. next week. So you have to be always like with patience so that you don't give up. Right. Sometimes you feel like, what should I need more? So I can maybe try other ways. But one thing that I've developed in this kind of partnership is like you have to be patient. Right. And another thing, you have to know what you want. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, they might say, hey, Joseph, because we deal in missions, uh, and Uganda is in everything, you can, you can say that you need these chairs in Uganda. I would say yes, because it's also another improvement. Maybe you can donate it to a church even though we don't need them. Right. That would be like part of our objectives. But at the end, that's not my main point. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I think in our world, we call it being very strategic. And from your side, it would be very slow. Yeah. They both start with this. <laughs> and part of what it is is that, you know, you can find out about these organizations really quick. These big churches, you can find out about, I'll say us, uh, us real fast. And at North Point, people come in and because they have been – Checking out the website, they've been reading the books Andy's done, they've been podcasts, they've gone on a couple of experiences. They know more about us than we know. It's kind of embarrassing because they're quoting stuff, and I'm a staff member, and I'm going, I didn't know that. Guys, I better check and make sure that's true. And so we're wanting to develop a relationship, and because the relationship is two-way street, it does take time. You're able to find out really quickly a lot about Southeast, about Saddleback, about North Point, any big organization because we're out there. There's a lot of out there about us. But the hard part on our side coming back is developing that relationship. And I would just encourage you to do exactly, be patient, exactly what Joseph said, and don't get discouraged because the key is we want to have an ongoing relationship. There's nothing worse than starting a partnership and then get into it and think, golly, that's just, we're not a good fit. I mean, something is just not right here. And it's not right for the expectation that happens to the nonprofit to be expecting something. And also we go, that's really not what we're about I wish he had told me that earlier because we would have said that's really not what we are, we're doing right now if we'd only had that time. And it takes time to have that conversation. 
uh, to do that. And so I would say that, you know, if you're going talking to someone, be very open up front. At, tell them exactly what you're asking, exactly what we said. Get the bullet points out there and say, hey, this is who we are. This is what we need. And can, can you help us? And can we have a conversation about it? And I think the key is just developing that relationship is just to be open and available out there. And, you know, you got to imagine the southeast, I'm sure, it just gets blitzed by tons of people up here that have, that have needs, and they're, and they're all legitimate. I mean, there, very few times do I hear a nonprofit's needs that aren't, aren't really legit. And we get that same at North Point. And the, and the hard part is you have to be careful because we don't want to come across as being jaded and cold and uncaring because you kind of go, okay, i got one more coming. And, you know, and it's just like any job. If you're not careful, you lose sight of what it's about. And so you constantly have to remind yourself, hey, this is what God's called us to do, but let's do what we can do well and focus on it. Are right, any other comments? Yes, sir. My name is David Milton. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and I work with Makeway Partners, which is a nonprofit that combats human trafficking, um, primarily in Sudan through orphan care networks and in Romania for transitional housing for women who have been previously trafficked into sex wow. labor. Um, with these organizations, we do deal with poverty, hunger, children at risk, disease, all those things that you mentioned. Northport mentioned there, Dawson, maybe we can talk about poverty. <laughs> okay. but, uh, but in our area that we work in, even in our name, Makeway Partners, partnership is the, is the means by which we work. Right. And not only with churches who share a, a common vision there, but with indigenous leadership. Our, our model is that if I'm going to work globally, then the person in that country of origin is going to understand the culture, the right. expectations, the needs better than my American eyes can right. understand. And that takes us that takes a certain amount, and it's, I think it's especially difficult for us as Americans. Oftentimes, in a global context, we feel we have the answers. Right. We have the resources, and if you want those resources, you need to do what we tell you. And that mentality is very prevalent abroad. It's almost expected from indigenous partners abroad from us. And so it takes a certain amount of humility for us to come to the indigenous director and to say, we can provide that wind in the sails you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, Donald, right. some resources, short-term mission support, long-term missionary Correct. support. But you need to provide us more of the vision of where we're going to prevent and combat human trafficking. Exactly. Because you understand from your culture better than we do. Exactly. So it takes humility on both mm-hmm. on both sides to be able to form a good partnership. Yeah. It is that two-way street. And international partnerships are very slow because it's harder to develop that relationship. You know, when you're doing local missions, and I can drive down there and see and walk in your warehouse and see what you're doing, and I can be there during a distribution time, or I can be there when you're doing a childbirthing class, or I can be there when you're doing a pregnancy or the crisis pregnancy classes and other. I can see and do that. I can, I can understand real quickly uh, when it's local missions. But, you know, the international missions are hard. You're exactly right. Because the idea is we don't want to become, you know, the sugar daddy or big brother or, you know, Come in there because we haven't really, the analogy, we haven't taught them how to fish. We're just continually handing them a fish. And so the idea is to, is to develop that relationship, and it does take time to do that. And indigenous leaders are incredible. I spent about 10 years in Romania, and uh, I understand exactly that because we, all we were trying to do was help uh, some of the, the orphans. Uh, the orphan population was huge, and it still is in Romania, especially in Bucharest. And uh, so we were helping 
families built houses, and they were taking all the houses to put uh, children in. And so what we were trying to do was try to employ the men uh, to do that so that it would become theirs. That they would have like sweat equity. My, my father-in-law was always big into sweat equity. If you don't have money, you have sweat equity. That means you, you can work with your hands, and that way you have part ownership into it. And so he said, you we develop sweat equity to where they feel like it's a part of theirs, and they can thus take care of it and minister more. So I think there's opportunities for us to get there, but the international partners are hard to develop. You know, and short-term mission trips give a glimpse into that. And a lot of times, hopefully, out of that short-term mission trip, somebody's heart's pricked, and they go, you know, I'd like to go back there again. I'd like to find a little bit more about that. And that's one of the great values of a short-term trip where you go for a week or two weeks, and you get there, and your eyes are opened up, and you come back with an opportunity there. Do you have your hand up? Yes. Um, when you establish a partnership, do you think it's always necessary to um, decide how long you're going to be in partnership with that organization or other uh, Typically, we uh, – let me start over again. I know within our churches, we have a little two-page partnership agreement when we partner with a church uh, to help them become a better church. And it's very simple. It's, very, it's, a, it's a legal contract. Uh, it says, this is what we expect from you. This is what you ought to expect from us. And on our world, we say, you know, each of us can give each other a 60-day notice and we're out. And so that's in that arena. Now, there's, when you've got a nonprofit organization you're working for, you can't be quite that because if they're budgeting and counting on you, if you're, if you're, especially if you're doing a monetary support or you're doing a project support for them, you can't walk in with a 60-day buyout. But I think you, it's, it's certainly expected, and I know a lot of guys do, you know, a three-, five-, and ten-year plan that at the end of three years or so we're going to evaluate and see where we're moving and see how we want to navigate five years. Um, but there's churches that have gone on long periods of time because if they get into an area, they just move to a different area of that country. And so they stay in the presence area and kind of use their original spot as the hub and kind of go out from there. And so I think there needs to be a clear understanding that this is not going to be just a check that's going to come on forever and ever and ever, or we're not coming every year in the second week in June. We're not coming every year at that time. Um, I think there needs to be a clear understanding of uh, what the nonprofit organization wants to receive back, and then this is what we can give to you in return. And I think that needs to be clearly defined, you know, on there, because that's where most of the confusion comes in. Well, I thought you were going to do this. Well, you know, I was really expecting you to do this. Well, yeah. That's because, you know, Christians, we all mean well. We love each other, especially in the South. You know, if you're from Georgia, I mean, hey, we love each other. And, you know, a handshake. And we're, we're, we're brothers in Christ. And we all have mean well. We have all these great things. And usually the problems come up because we didn't take time to be specific. And we think, well, that's like, that's too businesslike. That's just, that's too you know, cutting. Well, I mean, that saves a relationship by defining what the levels of expectation are. And so I think that's really important that you talk about that and have it in there. Somebody over here had the hand up? Maybe I'll say something. You know, nonprofit that's working, like what you said, right. when you're going international. So you went your first time on a short term trip this past yeah, year? In like January. Okay. So basically, you, you've just taken one step at a time. It's like breadcrumbs is what I, I mean. Breadcrumbs, even shorter. Well, like from one breadcrumb to the next, <laughs> and sometimes there's a slice, 
there you go. That's a good analogy. You know, I, I think as longer I, I walk with God, he does that because if he would ever tell me the end result right up front, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, he couldn't handle it because we're all experiential based and, and we only, we think we're really faith driven and based, but we really base it on about what we've experienced and what we've seen God do. And so if, we are, if we're comfortable moving over here because, you know, we've seen God do some things over here, this is a good step. But if, if ultimately I'm going to be way over here, that's a pretty big deal. And so I think the time and the patience where God continually just moves us and lets us take those little steps to one day we get over here and you're thinking, my family's living in Uganda. Oh, my gosh. You know, two years ago, we probably wouldn't have thought about that. My husband and his practice and stuff and all that. But the course of time as God continues to navigate, you're looking over here and you're thinking, God has really walked us through a process and God is ready to receive that. So that's a great word. That's good. You're still walking. We are. I tell your face. <laughs> it's awesome. That's all right. That is fantastic. Now, y'all have kids staying with you? Yes. Our kids at the time um, will be 16, 12, and 11. And they, and, you know, they went with us this summer, and they're raring to go back. That's awesome. I highly recommend that's a great time. I mean, it's not, and that's where God is so big. Right. I mean, he wants while you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, if it's like us, you want to serve. And right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was 40 years old before I ever left the United States. Me too. And uh, <laughs> my first place I went was Romania. I went with a group of guys, and I went back for 10. Went first time in 1995, six years after the revolution. And I'll never forget the angst because I, I just got my passport and the guys were trying to tell me a little bit about Romania. And so we, we, we landed into Timisoara, which is one of the second largest. And, uh, and so I'm coming out of Atlanta airport, you know. And so this is before 9-11 and this is before all this stuff. And all of a sudden I land and I look out the window and there are tanks on both sides of the runway. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're just kind of relics. You know, no, they're actually functional tanks. And then we get out on the tarmac and I walk between a line of soldiers holding machine guns. Now, you know, this is a Georgia guy, you know, coming down thinking, all right, this is not duck season, deer season is not open. Now, I, mean, these, I mean, these guys are, what are they hunting out here on the tarmac? And, you know, and it's in February, and I'll never forget, the sweat is just running down my body because I'm thinking, I am so out of my element. You know, and for me, at that first time, it was incredibly uncomfortable because also before 9-11, uh, you could pack mule money in. And so we'd have money belts on we're taking, and you're taking brand new $100 bills around your waist. And so I think I had like $9,000 in cash or something I was taking to an orphanage. And I'm sitting there sweating, thinking these machine gun guys there. And, you know, they can search you. They can take whatever they want to. And I'm thinking, why am I here overseas? And I'm, I'm questioning my salvation. I'm questioning God. I'm thinking, you know, now's the time for the rapture. I mean, you know, all of a sudden I'm thinking, why am I, my kids are going to be orphans? And, you know, they're going to be without a father. You know, but I realized real quickly what it did for me on that short-term trip with five of us guys I thought I had a worldview of Christianity. I mean, I'd seen world things, but I'd never been there. And I'm telling you, my kids, as they came through high school, my daughter spent a summer working in orphanage in Romania. My son's been three or four times. My other daughter's been to Egypt and Jamaica on, on trips back and through there. I determined my kids were not going to be 40 years old before they went. Because it just, it just changes you all of a sudden. You know, when you go in there, all of a sudden you go, gosh, it just smells different here. You know, it sounds different. 
You know, there's just, and all of a sudden you realize that oh, your senses are all of a sudden moved and you start watching people navigate. And I'll never forget this last story. We're, I, second time I went, I took nine college students with me. And, uh, which is, you know, nine American college students anywhere, they're just noisy and loud. And, I, you know, and you don't really realize how loud Americans we are until you're in another culture. And so we're walking in Timisoara down the, the plaza, which is where the revolution came, when they killed Ceausescu and the big revolt came. And, and so we're walking in this massive mall plaza where the church is at the end of where they shot all the Christians down there. And so I'm, I'm looking down there, there, and people are just it's like little zombies walking there, quiet. Nobody wants to be noticed because it's only six years after the revolution. And so there's still that communism oppression is still feeling. And there are hundreds of people in this plaza and nobody's making any noise until this nine college students, three of us adult men come around the corner and walk into the plaza, and we're just carrying on, acting like Americans, you know, just carrying. And all of a sudden, people just start looking, and we realize real quickly the cultural difference. Because their culture has been, please don't notice me because I could get in trouble. And as Americans, we're always, hey, please, please notice me, you know. We're loud and gregarious. So, you know, here I am. And so that alone changed the whole concept of, of my view on missions, realizing that, you know, if I'm really going to have a view that Christ wants me to have for the world, I've got to see something different. So I think that's a real value of the short-term missions is really opening our eyes up to it. And then it does help us partner. We partnered with an orphanage here for 10 years. And uh, it was a great experience, what God did. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Uh, the partnership there with the, with, the, with the orphanage, we had committed to a, a series of time and, and commitments of money helping them build and expand projects. It was a project-driven orphanage, not an operations-driven. And so uh, we had a timeline of some projects we were trying to do. We helped, we helped them build a bakery because they were making you know, big old stone ovens, we, uh, most fantastic bread in the world, a big stone oven. You know, and we helped them you know, do all that, and they wanted to do a dairy. Because what happened in, in the orphanage over there, they had to start some cottage industries because when the children got to be 16 years of age, they had to leave the, they had to leave the orphanage. They couldn't stay there because the, the funding, the way the laws were written. So, so they, they couldn't get jobs. People weren't going to hire orphans. Orphans are not viewed real high in a lot of the systems over there. You know, in Romania, they have the Romanians, and then you have the gypsies, and then you have the orphans. And so if a kid's an orphan, you know, he's a thief. He's going to rip us off. Why can't I hire him? So we had to help them create cottage industry. So we had a series of time that we committed to that. We helped them buy tractors and stuff like that. So we, we had a plan to phase out. You got a question? Correct. Right. 
I can't really speak for the secular organizations having never been a part of one other than what I've observed uh, most recently in Haiti. Uh, the secular organizations, they really ran a lot of PR press on how quickly they are there and what they're doing. Um, some of my friends that are down there doing some work now, they don't see those secular organizations anymore. You know, the Christian organizations are the ones that seem to be hanging around for the long haul. And they're not in it because it's not on CNN anymore. You know, they're in it because there's still people that are sleeping under a tent or a tarp or don't have anything. And uh, so I think there's, I think it's just because the way, when the Holy Spirit indwells us, I think there's a passion for people that, not that some unchristians don't feel compassionate, but I think there's just a level of passion and compassion that we feel. That's why the United States is a very generous country because we've had a lot of Christian influences. We've had a lot of impact in our culture, and that's why, you know, when we see uh, uh, hurricanes or, or earthquakes or some natural disaster, the tsunami stuff, I mean, people don't really have to ask the United States to get involved. We're going to get involved. I mean, there's not, hey, can you please send some aid? we got boats heading that way. Immediately we got warehouses that already hold stuff. They're getting on planes. We're dry. I mean, that's just kind of in our fiber a little bit, and churches will do it for the long haul. And uh, I'm not sure how that's going to change. Um, I would like to think that people always do on secular roles uh, for all the right reasons, but maybe some of it's for different gains too. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any. I've not had any connection with them. Um, I do love American Red Cross because I know that when I need blood, they're going to have blood. And I know, so I'm not going to be quickly to discredit all those because I know there, there's a value there that, you know, that's a great value. And so certainly they come in. But, um, you know, for their longevity of, of helping people meet their needs and stuff, they're, they're good first responders and not so good at hanging in there for a long time, maybe. So any other questions? Well, thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a great uh, experience here. Ask a lot of questions. Meet a lot of people. And this is my very first time to be here. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to asking a lot of questions and meeting a lot of people as well. So uh, let me pray for us before we go and uh, ask God to just give us some great insight. I hope you can walk away with a bunch of emails, business cards, and a lot of great friends you've already developed. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for bringing us here. Thank you that we can partner with folks all around the world, God. And the opportunity we have to be the hands and feet of you, Lord, is just incredible. And I pray, God, that you would just give us great discernment. Help us to be able to do it for the right reasons, to make an impact in someone's life, not because we're trying to see the world. But, God, we want to make a difference for you. I thank you for all these people in here. God, I pray that you'll give us great opportunities. I hope some of us walk away uh, after a couple of days here with uh, maybe a desire like my friend over here that's going to Uganda. Maybe, God, you got some things for some of us to want to do differently. And let's be open to that. God, let us be open to get involved. Let us become generous people. Even though we may not think we're rich, we're very rich. According to the world, God, let us have open hands to give all that you've given to us. So, God, we thank you for it. We give it to you now in your name. Amen.